Yo, thanks for joining us here at Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, 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 I'm Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, two guys and four dogs now, talk about movies, TV, music, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Hit that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR. That's PressPlayAR. Episode 42 is here and we'll review The Hunt. I said The Hunt, Augustine. Also, we'll discuss Peacock, Beavis and Butthead, Hamilton, and much more. Stay tuned as Riz tell you which DVDs and music are available now, find out the fact of the week, and this week's of Six Degrees of Separation connection is Emma Roberts and Lin-Manuel Miranda. But first, quick news! So Peacock is NBC's answer to the plethora of streaming services, and just like the colorful feathers of the aviary bird it has, it will have many, many movies and TV shows thanks to NBC's striking a deal with Viacom CBS. Which means not only will it stream NBC Universal content, but the more than 22,000 hours will include Paramount movies such as The Godfather, American Beauty, an officer and a gentleman, and Paramount TV series like Everybody Hates Chris. And that's not all. The deal also includes Showtime series like Ray Donovan and The Affair. The licensing deal is also reported to include A&E, Warner Brothers, and Sony IPs. Uh, I'm interested to see what, what what is on this. Right now it's going to be free. For, you know, which is pretty cool. Uh, one thing I know about CVS Viacom, they currently hold the rights to a little show called VR5. I oh. don't think it's going to end up on there. I don't. But it could be rebooted. Never. Why not? Because it would be too, it would be too perfect for Riz's. Um, mind for anything like that to ever happen. You never know how many reboots have happened. I know. I, I feel like VR5 came at a time that was literally as the internet was starting. Uh, it was literally the very first show to like have an internet address. Like, come visit us. Uh, and everyone's like, what is this internet thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Explain to, to the listeners what is VR5. Uh, what, sh- what show is that? VR5 was a show that um, premiered in 1995 on Fox. Uh, it was about a young woman who was able to like take people into a virtual experience in her dreams. Or like a dream state. And um, like a... Uh, a shadowy organization came along and started using her to to solve crimes or do stuff for their bidding and stuff. It it, it was a good show. It started, um, or it premiered uh, before the X Files, and it got amazing ratings. It, it I think it averaged seven million, which at that time was... at that time wasn't great, but today that's amazing. You know, yeah. you can't average you you know. Uh, the WB shows an, uh, a hit will average about three million. You know what I mean? Um, but or no, it was nine million. Whatever. But it was unceremoniously canceled. Everyone thought it was going to get a second season. Um, but supposedly the cost of of each episode because they had to like um, the special effects and the uh, the paint that they used in the virtual reality sequences, they had to like go in and paint every cell uh, physically. That was hmm. expensive. 
uh, like supposedly every episode costs a million million dollars to make. Wow! And in the ni- in the early nineties, that's a lot of money for yeah. a TV show. So everyone was surprised, and it but actually it was originally the very first successful successful. I'm I, using in quotations uh, fan campaign for it to return. Uh, Fox initially greenlit a a movie to finish out the series, um, but the 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 Fox president that greenlit it was replaced, and the first thing the new one did was cancel the movie. But uh, you never know; it could be a reboot where Laurie Singer works for the the corporation now, the and, committee, or the committee, and is now the the boss. And you never know; you know, especially I, I, with streaming services that we talked about, all these shows that get shelved can have this opportunity now uh, to go and, and be shown. It was, like, picked up by the Sci-Fi Channel, you know, two years later, and they, they showed three three originally unaired episodes as, you know, quote-unquote new episodes, hmm. which weren't um, technically new episodes. But uh, I just don't see it happening because it's a one-season thing, and to... And I don't see why this doesn't happen. You know, there's a ton of shows that I yeah. liked that only lasted lasted a season or two and got canceled, and they don't. You never see them on shows like that. They're on uh, or streaming services or anything like that. I feel like a streaming service could make a bundle. They could charge like a buck a month and and just specialize on in in getting the rights to just the pilot episodes that never made it to air. Like pilot shows. Yes. You know what I mean? Just one episode. Hey, you know, I like uh, an actress, uh, Kathy Bates. She's, I'm sure, done a ton of pilots and that didn't get picked up. I can look her up and, and see what this experience could have been like had this happened. It's well, interesting. interesting. <laughs> it's pretty You know, cool. and there's all this, like, like this stuff that, that people could be interested in, but... You know. Well, not only that, like we said, it has about 22,000 hours of content. I'm really uh, interested in watching The Godfather, I guess, and The the Affair, uh, just because I'm biased and Fiona Apple does the intro for that song. I'm wondering, like, since it's free... Um... It's ad, uh, ad-based, so there's no, like, premium to pay to... Right, like... Like well, well no, we don't have a free version of Hulu, but it's still it's still ad based. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm wondering like about ratings, you know, because if it's free, like anyone could just download it and start watching stuff. Because I know the affair is is rated R and shows like a lot of nudity and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean we'll see how that happens or how that works. Maybe there's like a a a payment to get more shows. Like maybe it's free for just NBC content. NBC Universal content, and then if you want to watch, uh, uh like um, Paramount Showtime or shows. Showtime shows, you got to pay extra, which still is ad, ad re- revenue, ad, ad, ugh, ad driven or however you say There's it. There's a ton <laughs> of stuff that I want to watch. I honestly wasn't mentally prepared for all of these new uh, streaming networks. There's a ton of that I want to watch on on the CBS streaming thing, like the Twilight Zone and stuff like that. And I and I wanted to try to to check out the new Star Wars or the the um the Star Trek one. The Star Trek, excuse me, with uh, Picard. Yes, um, I heard it's, it's, it was really really good. But 
uh, I feel very overwhelmed with stuff I want to watch, and I like the you know I want I go through these lists on these different networks that we do have, and uh, and I sit there I'm like, do I want to start a new show like that one show on Netflix Slashers in its third season? And I watched like the first two or three episodes. It wasn't bad. It, it's up my alley. Yeah. But I, I sat there last night. And I was going to watch an episode. And I'm like, it's 45 minutes and I'm already three seasons behind. And why? And then I just ended up going to sleep. And surprisingly, there's people who will just make a day out of that and just sit through it. I, I, I can't do that. I mean, I no. love television. I love movies. It's the, the reason why we have this podcast. But I have a short attention span. <laughs> like, after two episodes of a show, I either want to watch something else or do something else. So it is overwhelming in in a fact that it is a lot of content. Yeah, I, 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 I'm a binger. I, li- I, I like to binge. <laughs> um, but moving on to... That's TV shows. I like to binge TV shows, not, like, binge and purge food or, like, alcohol or anything like that uh moving on the land of the long white clouds is becoming a hub for american filming we talked about new zealand several times in previous podcasts on how it became a prime example in a respected country on how it has handled the covid19 pandemic so more move over avatar netflix live action series cowboy bebop oh i'm excited about that me too amazon's the lord of the rings power rangers beast morphers and others will join you in New Zealand. Report states that it will create 3,000 local jobs and bring $400 million to the country's economy. That's incredible. I mean, if only we as a country followed New Zealand's steps, there would have been no reason for us to travel outside the country. Um, but or, or our films to travel outside the country, you mean? Because yeah. we can't travel outside the country. Yeah, we are completely banned. <laughs> like, no one wants us because we have the plague. Um, but it's great that, you know, New Zealand has allowed filming to continue and allow foreign films to go into their countries and uh, film so we, as moviegoers and TV viewers, can experience TV and film. And it's great that it gives the country so much money and so much uh, local jobs to to the Kiwi residents. Yeah, very cool. I would like to go there one day. Oh yeah, it's it's beautiful. I mean just watch Lord of the Rings. It's it's absolutely stunning that country. Um, it also said the projects will see a total two hundred and six of foreign based cast and crew coming into the country, along with thirty five family members over the next six months. These personnel have been granted border exemptions from the country's Ministry of Business, Innovation, and Employment. In addition to Avatar's 31 uh, film crew that is, has already been there, 10 more crew members are going to be added to that uh, film that's being filmed right now. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't know how to end that. Very so cool. hopefully if we all practice social distancing and keep wearing our damn masks and stay home... Maybe we can go to the movies next year. Maybe we can see all these movies and not have to pay $20 to see it at home because it's ridiculous. What I miss about the movies or going to the movies is just that experience, is waking up and making it a day, going to the movies and having lunch, maybe meet up with some friends. And I guess that's mostly what I miss about it. Yeah, new normal, unfortunately. This is going to go on longer than, you know... 
I think most of us can stand. Mm-hmm. And not, I'm not, I'm not saying longer than people were expecting because I was expecting it to go on like at least until August, and it's probably going to go well into next summer at this point. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be a very somber holiday season here in America. Yeah. What can you do? So I hear that there's some interesting news for us 90s MTV fans coming from Comedy Central. Yes, yes. Uh, Comedy Central has ordered a two-season reboot of Mike Judge's MTV 90s classic Beavis and Butthead. The series is set to feature a meta theme that will be relatable to both new and old fans, Gen X parents and their Gen Z kids. Also, Comedy Central recently handed out a series order to the Daria spin-off series, Jody, which is expected to share the same animated universe. The original series of Beavis and Butthead ran on air for seven seasons from 1993 to 1997. Was Beavis and Butthead part of your 90s? I mean, I think it was part of anyone's 90s. Yes, Uh, I would say so too. You know, if you stay up late enough, you'd get these weird ass kids i guess (laughs) reviewing music videos it was fucking weird yeah it was like pop-up videos but they were just giving their commentary exactly and it was just very funny and very uh like the bruce springsteen video where he's (laughs) like yeah i hear i hear he's dating uh courtney courtney cox (laughs) cox cox Cox. yeah it's that type of that type of humor yeah that's our 90s humor. <laughs> Remember when Bruce Springsteen dated Courtney Cox? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, but the Daria thing, it's it's interesting because they originally announced this spinoff. It was going to be Daria and Jody. Um, and now it's just going to be Jody. And yeah. I remember when they announced the ori- the original one, I'm like, I don't remember who Jody was. And I had to look it up. I remembered the character once I looked it up, but I didn't know her by name. Uh so they dropped Daria from the Daria spinoff. I'm okay with that. I like Jody. Um, I'll check it out. I don't know if I'll check Beavis and Butthead out. Like, uh, I'll check Jody as well more than Beavis and Butthead, and probably watch you know the crossover episodes. Uh, but it would be interesting how uh, Beavis and Butthead will take on new pop culture. It's Taylor Swift, Adele, uh, Beyonce. They aren't even new anymore, bro. Yeah, well, like new new stuff, like whatever's coming out next year. Camila Cabello, Sean Mendez. There are they're so five years ago. <laughs> this is music. The, the The new stuff isn't even born yet. It's crazy. It's crazy, and well, I'm interested to see how they handle that and how they link today's uh, pop culture to previous uh, pop culture. And it's funny because when we grew up. All we saw was 80 references. And now that we're in our early 30s, we're watching TV, especially flipping through the channels and watching cartoon shows. They're now referencing 90s. And it's funny how it has evolved or the the showrunners and the writers have evolved into what they know best. Like in the beginning of Family Guy, it was all 80s reference. In fact, there was, I think... The crossover. 80s and 70s. There's, yeah. Yeah, a ton of stuff. The crossover with The Simpsons or some somebody, they're like, we get it. You lived in the 80s. Um, and now, living now, like I said, there's a lot of 90 reference content that I, I can go and say, oh, I, I remember that. It's so weird. Like, uh, there's a ton of, like, 
like beyond animated there's a ton of shows that are doing um like retro like not retro like remember how that that 70s show was in the 90s but it was about the 70s there's a ton of shows now that are set in the 90s and you know you kind of sit back and you you put your you clutch your pearls you clutch your pearls and you're like it wasn't that long ago and you know it kind of was that long ago (laughs) (laughs) holy crap yeah, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be back with The Hunt Review. That's The Hunt. And we are back. Now, hey. before we get into our review of The Hunt, uh, we want to talk about the our ongoing segment, Corona and Us, about how Corona we have been stuck at home. And how we've been coping and blah, blah, blah. So one of us, I won't name names. I'll just say that his name is not Riz, was on a run and came upon a leashless dog who he thought, you know, as he was going around the corner, yes. he thought was on a leash. And he's like, oh, so what What exactly happened uh, when not me saw that? <laughs> well, uh, I have to confess it was me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I was going for a jog and I turn the corner and I see this huge what now we find out is a great Pyrenees um, using the bathroom and next to a really really four lane busy street and as I focus I'm looking for a leash and the owner and I don't see a leash or an owner and I'm like this dog is really close to the street he's gonna get run over so like any dog lover I call him over and i'm the type of person that will call any dog over even if like they're foaming with the mouth full of rabies i will go come here buddy come here i will i will change you (laughs) and this giant fluffy white dog comes running towards me and as he gets closer i see that he's very very dirty very full of uh knots from his fur mats and he just smells incredibly bad and as I look at him and I and I analyze him, I realize that this dog is a senior dog. The way he walks, the way he he is, and 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 if it was any other dog, I might have not called pers- Riz and been like, "What do I do?" Well, I felt bad. <laughs> Mostly, what stuck out was that he was a senior dog, and, yeah. and I really want him, wanted him to not be next to the to the street, and I would feel horrible if i just continued my jog and if it was again another dog who ran away from me then i would think oh he's probably close by he lives close by he just escaped and and he went to use a bathroom because we also have a neighbor that lives across the street that lets his dog out and uses the bathroom everywhere and we also live in a really busy street and we don't think or understand why would you do that why would you ever, ever let your dog out like that and have that type of trust? Because those are the same people that when their dog gets run over, they would want to sue the guy who run yeah. who ran over the dog. But I digress. So I call Riz and I'm like, hey, I have the dog. There's this dog. I don't know what to do with it. What should we do? And then he comes and we take the dog home. Uh, we he, he was just very sweet when i saw him uh you had him by the collar and he was he was a little resistant and 
I got out and I said, oh, hey, buddy. And it's like he started wagging his tail like he knew me. Yes. And he came running over like he wasn't resistant anymore for you. No, no. Not and I all. opened my car and he's like, OK, I guess we're going for a car ride. And okay. again, we noticed he was a senior dog because he struggled to get on in the car. Yeah. And we had to give him a boost. Uh, we are currently advertising uh, him on Lost Dogs in Facebook groups. We've walked the dog around to see if he has, if the owner comes out. And later this afternoon, we're going to go take him to the Humane Society to see if he has a chip uh, and call his owner. Uh, if not, we're keeping him. F it. We love him. He's, yeah. And he's he's no problem at all. He's um, He's just very chill. Like, he... When we brought him home, he just lied there the whole time. Yes. If you guys don't know what a Great Pyrenees is, I would I would compare his body to like a St. Bernard with the face of a lab or a golden retriever. Uh, so that's what happened to us in our week of COVID-19. And you're starting to work twice back at your office. Right. I'll be going in Mondays and Thursdays starting... Uh, Monday, uh, this week, this Monday, mm-hmm. wherever you're listening to this, this Monday, uh, you know, I- I'm getting out of the house a little bit. I'm going to, you know, stay covered up and, and keep my six feet distance. It'll break the monotony a little bit. Cause all we've done like these last two weeks was, um, you know, go out, go out just to go to stores, pick up, yeah. you know, essentials and stuff like that. So, you know, get out a little bit, um, will help i think and i am looking for a job no one is biting i every day i go online and i try to apply uh but no one is calling me back and it is getting very stressful but i am trying to keep hopeful and try to keep positive and live day by day and hopefully it will turn for the best because i want to go back to work i want to go back to normalcy uh, there's like rumors that politician believes that a lot of people don't want to go back to work and we all do we all want a lot of the jobs aren't there though because a lot of places a shut down or like in your case they outsourced your job to india exactly and um and i've messaged them uh i emailed my previous job and i'm like hey is there any other position that's available um but they haven't messaged me back and it's getting quite frustrating to the fact that you know there's nothing i can do and like they're the jobs that are available are paying so much less you know what i mean and you know you can't take that much of a hit obviously you might have to or we might have to uh, at the end of the month but in that case if the government wants to get everyone back to work and you know not just hanging out and collecting a check as they say which isn't true but okay they they should i feel they should subsidize you know what you were making mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know if you're not making the same um at least until the economy is 100 percent back because it, it sucks and i also join a facebook group where there's people who have gotten a job but are still on standby the employers are like you're hired but hold on oh or you're hired and then they work one or two weeks and then they get sent back home so th- it's also this instability that people have that 
and not scares to mention them and that, frustrates them. That Florida is reporting its its most cases. It's breaking its record every day. We just reported eleven thousand five hundred cases. It's insane. And they want us to go out and work and. I mean, there's people that work with the public constantly, like these essential workers, like publics, uh, supermarkets, pharmacies, restaurants, and they just don't want to get it through their heads that it's very dangerous out there. And yeah, we can be a systematic, which is uh, okay, but other people don't. Or what happens if the virus has a long-term effect that might affect someone? Uh, immune system five ten years down the line it's true a a, a sim- symptomatic not systematic. i know doctor <laughs> i know motherfucking doctor so y'all understood me you're, you're getting <laughs> you're getting the the two uh mixed up what's the difference oh uh, well, i think you well the word systematic is like systematic racism and stuff like that <laughs> oh my god <laughs> But you guys understood me. So, yeah. Uh, wow. Can we move on? <laughs> the Hunt. The Hunt was released March 13th, uh, March 13th, 2020. Sort of. Kind right of. before the, uh, the the theaters closed. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by Craig Zorbo. He's directed series such as Westworld, American Gods. Uh, the, ser- the episode was called Get Gone. I don't know if you know because you watched this sh- uh, the show. I watched the first season. Uh, and The Leftovers. The cast includes Betty Gilpin, Hilary Swank, Ike Barinholtz, Wayne Duvall, Ethan Sur- Suppley, Emma Roberts, Christopher Berry, Sturgill Simpson, Kate Nolan, Amy Madigan, Steve Coulter, and Reed Burney. The synopsis is 12 strangers wake up in a clearing. Uh, they don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know They've been chosen for a very specific purpose, to be hunted. Cool. And as always, uh, this will be a little spoiler-ish, probably much spoiler-ish. So if you don't want to hear it, I I honestly highly suggest you watch this movie if you want to see it going into it not knowing as much as possible. Yeah. Um, So it reminded me a bit of... Um, of like the Hunger Games type thing. Yeah. Uh, so these twelve strangers obviously wake up, and there's a clearing, and then there's a bunch of like there's a big box, and they pull the like what do they pull out of the box? Weapons or something, right? Yeah. Uh, like a a shelf full of different types of weapons, knives, machetes, machine guns, hand grenades, and a pig. And a pig wearing clothes. Yeah. The fun thing about this movie is um, you really don't know exactly what's going on or who you're supposed to attach yourself to. And with horror movies, you know, one of the things watching horror movies, at least back in the 80s and 90s before they started messing with you a little more, mm-hmm. was you could attach yourself. You could tell who the final girl was going to be. Yeah. And you kind of attach yourself. Well, at least she's safe. So at least I can feel safe watching her scenes. You know yes. what I mean? And that was not the case at the very beginning. Right. Uh, it they- shows the wonderful, talented, and beautiful Emma Roberts. And I'm like, yes, I love her. I love what she's wearing. <laughs> really? She is looking fierce with her poofy teal jacket. And 
uh, she's literally the first one to die. Yeah. And they pulled the Drew Barrymore and scream. It was cool. Like it, it, I love that. It yeah. was very smart. Uh, I didn't see it coming. She was she Me was neither. like featured heavily in all the trailers. Uh, and she's like, oh my gosh, a bullet almost hit me. And then, bam, her head gets blown off. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. So then you think the the main character is going to be the guy from This Is Us, uh, Justin Hartley, uh, who I recognized, um, not only from This Is Us, but from several other things that he's done. I'm like, oh, okay, so they, they, they there was a cool fake out there. Mm-hmm. And then you had, like, kind of, you know, anyone that's seen the, the first episode of Lost where Jack is running around saving everyone from the plane crash. So he goes and it looks like he's the hero and he like he saves a girl that has been impaled in a trap. And then he fucking steps on a mine and they both blow up. And the woman goes it. back, into, back the into the impale, into the impalement. And, and her half her body's blown. It's like I, I like that. I like that. That you really don't get to almost, I, I would say it goes the first 25 minutes before you get to, like, the main character. Like, you go through several other characters, you're like, oh, okay, now everything's died down, now now I guess Ike Barinholtz is gonna be okay? Uh, but no. So, like, there's a lot of fun they had with that, they obviously did that on purpose to, to mess with us, um, which I enjoyed. Uh, yeah, and then after after the This Is Us actor, Ike Barinholt became sort of kind of like the the leader. So then you get attached to, to him and the people that he's with, and they arrive, they escaped, and Earth, what we think they escaped, uh, and to like this gas station when you realize that there's like this undercover... Uh, society or not society but like these groups uh, called um, Mannergate yeah and and this is the the other funny little twist about this movie is they're they're putting a mirror to the the so-called elite liberals and also the conspiracy the crazy conspiracy Republicans so like they're they're it's a big F you to both sides which I kind of liked like yes um, Around that time, you realize that the people who have been captured are all right wings Republicans um, that have been bashing uh, just liberals or Democrats uh, on social media. And it was just all like this a conspiracy, vague thing that no one really had proof. And they're like, oh, my God, like we are actually here in what is called Mannergate. Right. And I and I want to say that this is this was based on the the text messages between those two FBI agents that were having an affair. And they're you know, you remember. And they're yes. like, yes. Oh, Trump isn't going to become president, right? No, we'll stop it no matter what. And, you know, they, they didn't mean anything about that. But yeah. it started all these these crazy conspiracy theories about how the FBI was against Trump and blah, 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 and all that crazy shit. So, like, the movie basically started out with a text chain where I guess there were already rumors about liberals hunting. <laughs> like, li- like non-gun shooting liberals, good, good liberals are going to be hunting people, sure. But are hunting, and there's, like, a text chain about, did you hear what what our commander and crap said. And he's like, yeah, can't wait until Manorgate, 
you know, in sarcasm. Yes. But apparently that leaked and it started all this shit. It got them all fired yeah. from their jobs. So they decided to do it. To actually real. fucking do it. And then back to the gas station, Ike Bernholds and two other people get there and they're, re- and they're like, where are we? They meet these gas attendants, uh, this cute little couple. And they realize that they're in Arkansas. and But in reality, they are not in Arkansas. Uh, things blow out into proportion when one of the escapee eats a donut that's poison and she poisons herself. And it's all a setup part of Manorgate. And those people die as well. Right. And then finally, the the final girl walks in who I didn't recognize. She She's gorgeous, but I didn't recognize, played by Betty Gilpin. Yeah, her character is named Crystal. Uh, right. And, you know... She, she very hilariously figures out that the the so-called gas station people were in on it. Yeah. Because uh, the uh, cost of cigarettes in Arizona. is $6, and they gave her a change of, like, 10-something, and she kills those two old people. And she's like, the, co- the cost of cigarettes in, in, in Arizona is $6, Arkansas. bitch. And or blows whatever. her fucking head off. Which was funny. So uh, uh, then we realized, like, like, Crystal, this girl, is, like, really known on, like, tactics and guns. And you already get the feeling that this girl is probably, like, this gun-toting uh, redneck. She's from Mississippi. And we're, we're going to flip it later uh, along uh, in the review. And she meets... Uh, I, I would like to know, before we get there... Uh... Because that's not the first time we saw her walking into that gas station. The first time we saw her was when Emma Roberts' character wakes up and she's at the river and she does something with a leaf and a needle. And I guess to tell her, like a a makeshift compass. Exactly. So I would like to know exactly where where she went and how she got her gag off. Because everyone else had their, you know, got their gags off because they found the keys. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, And then we see her later on in the gas station and... um, where she turns the tables and then uh, she meets up with Ethan Supley, who he has aged. The guy from My Name is Earl, the the brother, he's aged and I barely recognized him. But I'm like, it sure sounds like him and it kind of looks like him. It was. They hitch a ride on a train uh, to get away from wherever they are. And in the the carriage that they're in, they see a bunch of... Uh, Refugees, right? Uh, and they get stopped by, by I guess, Croatia Border Patrol or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Supley's character, or uh, shoot, Gary, yeah, Gary, I remember his name. Yeah. Uh, he's like, don't worry, don't worry. These are these are just crisis actors. That you, I've, I've say I've seen conspiracies about this. They aren't real. They aren't really. Refugees, they're just crisis actors. And Crystal's like, they have a baby. Oh my and then, god! And and then that's that's what I liked about uh, one thing I liked about this movie is that they were blowing out of proportion these crazy conspiracy people, you know, theory people. And there are people like this. Absolutely, it's crazy. PizzaGate, and they mentioned PizzaGate in this movie as well. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, don't worry, don't worry. And then the guy walks away, and one of the the Muslim guys is like. Hey, like he was speaking perfect English. <laughs> He's and... like, "Hey, I don't think he believed you, Ethan. What do you think?" <laughs> so Ethan like shoves a grenade in his face. 
in his pants and runs off, and that's kind of the last we see of him. Yeah, um, that's that's very true. <laughs> so, so they they find out where the liberals are being uh, placed or where their where their bunker is, and they kill them all in order to reach uh, Athena, played by Hilary Swank. And uh, a cool thing that Athena does was to play with Crystal's mind, thinking that uh, the older guy, uh, Don. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Crystal ends up with, with one of the guys that kind of disappeared as well. And Athena made her think that maybe Don was on her side, which was never really confirmed either way. But I think Don wasn't. I think yeah. he was. No, I don't think he was. So uh, Crystal kills Dawn, and, and and Athena is like, "Come get me, bitch!" So they, she arrives to the huge manor where uh, Athena is, and they go and have like this Kill Bill kitchen brawl type, which was pretty badass. I gotta say, because there was also humor in that fight as well. Uh, there's a part where. Uh, Crystal tries to slam Athena, Athena through the window. She's like, no, no more windows, please. No more glass. <laughs> so she kindly opens a door and tosses her. Uh, and it's really, really good. And we find scene. out the big twist of all this is that Athena uh, kidnaps the wrong Crystal. Because Athena tells Crystal, oh, I know everything about you. Your dad was a meth head. Your mom overdosed. You were uh, you hoard, hoard your way around until you grew up because you dropped out of school. And Crystal's like, you got the wrong Crystal. I served in Afghanistan and my parents are very much alive. And it, the movie just dealt with like the satire and the the stereotype of both sides of the political spectrum. Um, right. You have like these obnoxious liberals who's never held a gun in their in their life, and the and you see it and you hear it when the guy's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go use the bathroom. Does anyone have a hand sanitizer?" Mm-hmm. And they're very primpy and pro and proper. And then you have these stereotypical rednecks uh, that uh, are gun toting, and it was just Crystal just became like this girl who just happened to live in, in Mississippi and served in Afghanistan and it was just a typo in her name. Uh, they were finding a crystal with an I and it was an, a, a Y wow. and they just fucked up. So, spoiler alert, <clears throat> Athena dies and she fucking gets all nice and dressed and showers and takes the dog that she sees in the house into a private uh, private plane and she tells the uh, the flight attendant... The lady that you are working for, I killed her, and I would like to go home. And the movie ends right there. I think the movie is great because it teaches you the satire of both parties and and how you really don't know a person from their political standpoint, you know? Even their, their, the way they dress, the way they speak, like... There's, it's beyond that. It's beyond your political stance of what type of human being that you are. So uh, back for a second, Athena tells Crystal that the reason why she did this was because it was just all a rumor. They never, they never hunted human beings. But so because, their lives were ruined because of because of this rumor. Everyone had to step down from their jobs. Their life were ruined. They they had to quit their jobs. So as uh, as spite, she's like, no, let's actually fucking do this. And 
and that's how this this uh, hunt became to be. If you guys like political comedy, I would say go watch it. What do you give it? Uh, I give it uh, a four. Um, it's it's funny. I, I like having the mirror, you know, uh, uh, of us liberals as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the scenes where um, where where the gas station attendant says calls black people those people, and his wife is like, "Excuse me," and he's like. I meant I meant black people. She's like African Americans. We can say black now. <laughs> oh and then she's God. like, from who? And then he said the NPR. The and NPR. then the wife is like, which are made by white, white people. people. <laughs> and it's like it's it's so funny. It's, we, we get it. We, we get we it. We get it. So check it out. Uh and we hope what, you what's like your it. Score? Uh three point eight. Cool. Awesome. So, so just like us and every other person in america we watched hamilton alexander hamilton uh we saved each other three hundred dollars uh from going to the theater and watched it at home and i surprisingly well i like theater and i like music musicals and things like that and when it match meshes it with history even better uh my standout person from that whole series is uh jonathan groff yeah. Did not recognize him as King George. Well, I knew he was in it, so I was kind of waiting for him to show up. I didn't know who who he was going to play. Uh, but he came out as King George, and every song is basically kind of like a rap-type hip-hop type thing. I noticed thing. that, too. And then his song is very, like, Sarah Bareilles. Very poppy, very <laughs> heavily piano, very If I Could Walk. I know that's an, that's not Sarah Bareilles. It's uh, Vanessa something. Vanessa Bayer. Uh, no, that's from SNL. Uh, and yeah, the the oh. white guy played sang poppy music while the majority uh, cast that were people of color were rap, uh, hip hop, uh, uh, music, musically inclined. Uh, what did you think about the musical? I liked it a lot. Uh, I honestly tried to read as little bit as possible, and you know. I only vaguely remembered the history of Alexander Hamilton, you know, so I didn't know like his personal life and stuff yeah. like that. So I was experiencing a lot of the stuff and then I read up about it afterwards. Of course, um, the cast was amazing. The, Ugh. the actress that played, uh, his wife was amazing. Last name. Sue. Uh, Sue. I forgot. Uh, she plays Eliza, I believe Angelica, yeah. Eliza and Janet. <laughs> What what happened to her? Uh, she did. I looked it up. She did play the mistress. Oh no way! So like like the four the four characters at the beginning ended up playing, or the four actors ended up playing two sets of characters, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So like the first act, they're playing um, like maybe one of them dies, or or they just go off. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which and and they did a good job. The guy that played James Madison, it was like a flip of a dime. Completely, yes. completely different characters. You, you could not, like if they were standing next to each other. The, are you talking about the acting. guy with the, with, the, with the fro hair? No, the big guy. Oh, okay. Because the guy with the fro hair also played... Uh, Thomas Jefferson. And Lafayette. And Lafayette, yeah. Uh, that I also thought was a great uh, difference in it. Yeah. Um, but it was incredible cast. The only thing I, I kind of bugged me is that the lighting was super dim. And I wish it was a little bit more brighter to see 
the 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 ensemble in the back and the stuff in the back and that was the m minor thing it really didn't make a big deal but i fucking loved it and I, I think i'm gonna watch it again yeah i started watching it a little bit last night again just to i wasn't gonna watch the whole thing um, lin-manuel miranda is so talented so lyrically talented so musically talented and he has a movie that's on hold right now due to the pandemic called right. in the heights i was which about was... to mention that i'm excited to i'm really excited to see that uh the actor that we both liked um who played the one that died for him and his son and his son he's Phil. gonna be in the heights yes yes he has a great smile huh. so what movies and music are out today oh my gosh uh you caught me off guard i mean <laughs> this never happens hold on So, uh, new movies out on DVD this week. Bell's Buff is out, which looks like a pretty cool horror movie about a demon day baby. Uh, Balloon is out. Trolls World Tour is out, even though it's been out on video on demand. Video on demand for a while. Blood and Money is out, starring Tom Berenger. Hope Gap is out. And Law & Order SVU Season 21 is out. It looks like they're going to become the longest-running uh, drama series soon. soon. If they aren't already, very yeah. soon. Uh, new music coming out this week. New albums by The Buoys, by The DMAs, Juliana Barwick, oh, wow. Lime Cordell, Margot Price, Nikki Yankovsky. NZCA Lines. Static X has a new album called Project Regeneration Volume 1. Summer Walker and The Streets have new albums out. I wanted to mention everyone because, and not just like the people that I'm picking out, because I hate when people do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everyone gets mentioned now. Yay. Even if we've never heard from them. Margot Price. Okay. <laughs> you want to play uh, Six Degrees of Separation? Hell yeah, I do. Okay, this connection is Emma Roberts and the multi-talented Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's interesting because we just watched two separate things with these two separate actors. Yes. It's interesting that you would choose them. So Emma Roberts, and I had it earlier, Emma Roberts starred on uh, American Horror Story uh, several seasons, including the Coven season with Jessica Lange. Mm -hmm. Jessica Lange was in a movie called A Thousand Acres, which was an early movie that starred Michelle Williams as Michelle Pfeiffer's daughter. Oh. Uh, Michelle Williams was, of course, uh, in Fosse Verdon, which was produced and guest starred Lin-Manuel Miranda. There you have it. And our fact of the week, did you ever watch Kid, uh, Kids in the Hall? Maybe no? once or twice. Okay. Well, the Kids in the Hall got their name from an old Hollywood practice of blaming the young writers that hung around to write jokes on the fly in the hallways of live TV talk and variety shows. And then when joke bombed, they would just say, I got it from the Kids in the Hall. <laughs> and that's the fact of the week. And you can do whatever you want with it because it's not mine. Or it hours. belongs to the kids in the hall. So we got to bounce out of here. We got to take Frosty to the Humane Society to see if he has a chip, to see if we can try to ha uh, give him his forever home back. Um, if you want to head over to our Instagram at PressPlayAR and email us any suggestions you have, please do. 
or any movies and TV shows for us to check out and review or talk about here on the show, you can email us at gopressplay2 at gmail.com. That's gopressplay, the number two at gmail.com. This has been another episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, 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 I'm Riz. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.